It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Is the Magic's backcourt of the future set? Well, on one hand, we got a brief glimpse of Markel Fultz. On the other, we got some glimpses and some concerns about Jalen Suggs. It's player evaluation day for the Magic's backcourt. Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is May 12th, 2022. My name is Philip Rosterreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to chat a little bit about the seasons that Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs had as the Magic's backcourt of the future. It's starting to take some shape, but still a lot of questions moving forward for the Orlando Magic and their two guards, especially heading in to next season. We'll get into their seasons, what they did well, where they still need to improve, and a whole lot more coming up on today's episode. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's on your way home from work, whenever. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Check them out wherever you download podcasts today. The, Lock- the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. I want to start with Jalen Suggs today um, and talk a little bit about the season that that he had. Um, it was an uneven season, to, to say the least. Um, it was a season that 
started off with a lot of optimism. Um, look, I don't think Magic fans were wrong to react the way they did to Scotty Barnes taking uh, for the to Toronto Raptors taking Scotty Barnes fourth. Entering the NBA draft, there were people who believe Jalen Suggs was the second best player in that in a really good draft class. Um, all the indications were that Jalen Suggs was going to go in the top four, and, and that by landing fifth, by missing out on winning the lottery last year, that the Magic missed out on a chance to get a really good player. None of this is to take away from Scotty Barnes. I had my concerns about Scotty Barnes. Um, he turned out to be a really good player. Turned out to be much better than I thought. Turned out to be a lot better than I think a lot of people thought. I do think he was successful because he was in the Toronto ecosystem where they had Pascal Siakam and Fred, Fred Van Vliet um, taking pressure away from him. And, I, you know, again, I don't know if he'd be as successful in Orlando. And certainly if the Magic took Scotty Barnes, they wouldn't have Franz Wagner, which, you know, we could debate that anyway. In any case, it wasn't the Magic's choice. So Toronto fans who like to hold that over the Magic, it's like, you guys made the choice. You're clearly very happy. Orlando fans were and still should be very happy with the pick of Jalen Suggs. Suggs was not a bad pick. And, you know, I, I think maybe I view rookies very differently than a lot of fans do. Um, when I look at a rookie, when I look at how a rookie is playing, the number one thing I want to see is can they play? Can they do something on an NBA floor? And in that sense, Jalen Suggs had a had a good year in that he showed what he can do on the floor. Of course, the concern is you do start to see hints of stardom. You do start to see hints of what a player can be throughout their rookie season. It's very rare that a player takes a gigantic leap up. It, it can't happen, and certainly Suggs has the talent to do so. We shouldn't ignore that. But each year is a data point, and each year does tend to lower that ceiling if you don't blow everyone away. And Jalen Suggs certainly didn't blow everyone away in his rookie season. What we saw from Suggs was a lot of pieces of things, an incomplete game, a, a player who is still kind of putting all his basketball skills together, um, and, and certainly trying to do it on an NBA floor that that, that could be very, very difficult. On uh, one sense, Jalen Suggs was a really strong defender, especially for a rookie, a really strong driver, uh, a guy who could do a lot of really good things, but there wasn't that last bit, the ability to finish at the rim, the ability to shoot. And so we're left exiting Jalen Suggs' rookie year saying, what do we really have? And, and, and on top of that, what is it going to be? And certainly his injury that's going to eat into a little bit of a summer, although he looked perfectly fine when he traveled uh, to parts unknown, to some tropical uh, location unknown with Wendell Carter on his Instagram. Um, he's back home in Minnesota right now. He, was at the, he, he posted on Instagram that he was at the Wild Game uh, a few nights ago. Who knows when Suggs will be able to get back on the court, but we all understand and recognize there's a lot of work for Jalen Suggs to do. And, and diving into the numbers really displays where Suggs – Ha, has established a really strong base, but still has a lot of room to grow. You take a look at Jalen Suggs, and, and the first thing that stands out is his lack, his poor shooting and his lack of efficiency. He scored 11.8 points per game, which is, again, solid for a rookie. We're not talking about a superstar here right now. Um, solid for a rookie, but he shot just 36.1% from floor and 21.4% from beyond the arc. There were little brief spikes and brief moments where it looked like his shot was really coming into its own, um, but they were all brief. He came back from from his from his hand injury after a twenty game absence, hit a bunch of threes really early on, and then kind of settled back into that sub twenty range. Um, all of his shooting numbers ranked in the bottom quarter of the league, um, so it does not paint a pretty picture. There's there's really just nowhere that he did well shooting wise. His usage was also of some concern too. 
on a team that doesn't have a lot of creators, Suggs got put into a lot of isolation situations. He got put into a lot of situations where he was the one having to attack the basket and having to figure out how to get to the rim. And, and to his credit, he did a good job getting to the basket. He could create at the rim. Basketball Index gave him a shot creation rating of plus 1.3. That's in the 93rd percentile in the league. Um, he is a fantastic driver um, in, in that set. In that sense, um, he's a potentially good passer. 14.3 assist points for 75 possessions, according to Basketball Index, putting him in the 88th percentile in the league. Um, and again, just a really, really strong driver and able to get to the basket. But again, this is where the picture is, or the skills are incomplete. The picture is pretty clear. The skills are incomplete. Suggs averaged 1.8 isolations for 75 possessions, but shot only 36.8% effective field goal percentage on isolation plays, according to Basketball Index. I said he had that really good shot creation rating of plus 1.3, again, 93rd percentile in the league, but he had a rim shot-making rating of minus 1.7. That's in the third percentile in the league. So you got a guy who can attack the basket, get into the lane really, really well, but can't finish at the rim. In fact, he shot just a 59.36.36% adjusted field goal percentage at the rim. Um, and by just even basic metrics, he was one of the worst finishers at the rim among heavy drivers in the league. Again, this all just kind of paints a picture of you got a guy who can get into the lane anytime he wants. He can, but he can't finish and he really struggled to shoot. That's an offensive negative, and, and it's not surprising that the Magic's offense really struggled with Suggs out there. And to some extent, the Magic were a little bit better offensively when Suggs was not on the floor. But like I said, these are all pieces to a puzzle. These are all pieces and elements that Suggs can continue to add to his game and, and could grow from. So in that sense, this was a good rookie season because we can see, okay, Suggs does have this potentially elite skill to get to the basket, especially if you pair him with Marco Fultz, who is also a great driver. You know, have two guys who could put a lot of pressure on defenses and force them to react. But what needs to happen is Suggs needs to be able to finish at the rim better. We talk a lot about how Suggs needs to slow things down, kind of get into his reads, get an understanding of what he's seeing, and make plays, and make plays early. It's not about necessarily making plays late. A lot of times, Suggs would just get all the way to the basket. He's going too fast. He can't finish. Or he get all the way in the lane, get trapped, wouldn't have an outlet. He'd have to take a tough fadeaway jumper or would have to make a really difficult pass, which he is more than capable of making. He's a great playmaker. Although, again, sort of like his driving and his shooting numbers, his playmaking rating is really good. Um, he had a good assist-to-turnover ratio. His turnovers came down as the season went on, so he was making better plays. He averaged 14.3 assist points for 75 possessions, placing him in the 88th percentile according to Basketball Index. But Basketball Index rated his roll-adjusted assist points for 75 possessions at minus 0.82. So again, still just a, a net negative offensively, even with one of his better skills. His, his skills of creating a potential assist, creating opportunities for others to score, either they weren't, uh, weren't converting on them or his usage is so heavy that they should be converting more off of his passes. So again... There's a lot that he has to improve on. There's a lot that he has to get better at. And again, some of it might be put him on a better, put him on a better team, give him better teammates. He, those those opportunities will will come about. I mean, I, I will say this: I, I think that if the Raptors had taken Jalen Suggs, we would have seen a very different season from Jalen Suggs. He would have been on the ball a whole lot less. He would have been asked to, sh to to score a whole lot less. He would have had again Fred Van Vliet creating some gravity, Pascal Siakam creating some gravity and some attention. Um, situation context matters for a lot of these young guys. Again, it's, I, I think Toronto ultimately made the right pick in Scotty Barnes, but um, you do have to be curious, well, what would Jalen Suggs look like in an environment 
where he isn't asked to be the main guy. And, and I think certainly early on in the season, a lot of defenses put a lot of attention to make him uncomfortable and speed him up knowing that that's ultimately how the Magic are trying to play and who the Magic are trying to develop. This is not, so again, a lot of this is just, there's a baseline for Suggs to grow. He is good at driving to the basket. He is good at creating passing opportunities. It's just about making the most of those. And if Suggs is doing anything right now, um, it should be studying tape and understanding the situations that he was put in, the situations that he was in, and saying, okay, when this happens, I need to make the pass to the corner. I need to make the pass to this guy, or I need to uh, slow things down. I need to be able to control my pace a little bit better. And, and hopefully he'll be able to get back on the court soon um, so they can begin working on this on the court and seeing it on the court. The biggest skill that Jalen Suggs brings to the table right now is his defense. He is one of the best defenders on the team uh, and a really strong defender for a rookie. Um, you know, I think Sam Vecini of The Athletic really put it well when he evaluated Jalen Suggs' season is, look, the shooting numbers are bad, but everything else was really solid. And there's a lot there, again, a lot to build on. And that's that's what's most important about Suggs right now. Um, the Magic had a 107.8 defensive rating with Suggs on the floor. That is by far the best mark of any player that was in the regular rotation for the Orlando Magic. Um, so Suggs had a positive impact defensively. And again, you see it in all the numbers that Suggs was a good defender. 1.6 deals per 75 possessions that put him in the 94th percentile. 3.3 deflections per 75% possessions that put him in the 88th percentile. And he had a passing lane defense rating, according to Basketball Index, of plus 4.4, which measured his ability to get deflections and bad pass steals. So he was active in passing lanes and active creating some havoc defensively. Um, his on-ball perimeter defensive rating, according to Basketball Index, was plus 0 0.30, which puts him in the 65th percentile. So obviously still room for him to grow as an on-ball defender, especially. This is all just a good start for Jalen Suggs. And, and, that, and that's really the most important point. I, I tell people this all the time when they get hard, when they go hard on rookies, it's like, look, you're not bringing in a rookie for his rookie year. You're bringing a rookie for what he'll be four or five years down the road. You want to get him to that second contract. And when you get to that second contract, that's when roles are really hardened and you understand who a player is. Jalen Suggs still has a lot of work to do. No one is hiding from that. No one is pretending that is not the case. But, but Suggs can get a whole lot better. Um, and Suggs will get a whole lot better. I, I've kind of said, like, look, if Jalen Suggs ends up becoming Marcus Smart, that's not the worst thing in the world. Sure, you want to use a fifth overall pick on a star player, um, and Suggs still has a chance to get there. Very clearly, he has some elite offensive skills. It's just about developing them fully. Now Suggs has to put those pieces together. We have a, a baseline. We have an understanding of where he's starting from. It's about getting to the next level. A player who began his path to the next level by just coming back from injury. We'll talk about Markel Fultz and the way that he ended his season coming up here in just a moment. But first... A quick word for our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. The schedule coming out today, so time to get in on that. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts this is jake from locked on locked on has teamed up with state farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in nba history 
After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next lesson, check out the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We've obviously talked a lot about Marco Fultz here on this show. We need Marco Fultz, our MVP for the fourth quarter of the season. Obviously, he only played the fourth quarter of the season. So we've talked a lot about what made Marco Fultz and made his season really, really special for this Orlando Magic team. For this Orlando Magic team, um, it it was it was a a a really fun run, especially when the season seemed completely over, uh, completely devoid of meaning. Getting Marco Fultz back was was super super important. Um, look. Jeff Weltman said at the beginning of the season that one of his goals, one of his goals for this year's team was to bring back and reintegrate those injured players. They wanted to get Jonathan Isaac back on the floor. They obviously weren't able to do that. And in some sense, that makes part of the season a failure. Um, they wanted to get Markel Fultz back, back on the floor and, and they were able to do that. And they were able to see Markel Fultz really um, kind of hit the ground running. It was, it was really impressive, actually, how ready Markel Fultz was to play again and, and how much better this team played when he was out there, um, or at least perceptually played better. Um, there's certainly a lot of lineups that Marco Fultz was in that were not set up for success. Um, and obviously he was playing a lot of minutes when the season was well over um, and, and the results were not uh, what was guaranteed. But Fultz, Fultz had a really positive impact uh, on the team. In 18, he appeared in 18 games this season, um, played about 20 minutes per game, and put up 10.8 points and five and a half, half assists per game. For 36 minutes, that would equate to 19.5 points per 36 minutes, 9.9 assists per 36 minutes. Those are kind of all-star level numbers. And again, like Jalen Suggs, he was an elite driver at the back. He was elite at getting to the rim and elite at finishing around the basket too. Um, according to Bas Basketball Index, he uh, averaged 24.5 assist points per 75 possessions, which was in percentile. He had 31.9 potential assists per 100 passes, also in the 99th percentile. And his passing creation volume was rated at 3.03, again, in the 99th percentile. This was an elite playmaker in, in small minutes and, 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 in, and in a small sample size. So again, about a quarter of a season. Um, he was an elite passer and playmaker who could score a little bit at the rim too. He was able to defenders in and kick out to, 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 to others around the basket. 
He was able to he, he's able really well to get to his comfortable spots on the floor where he's able to hit his shot. And again, he's not a three point shooter. It's still so he took only 0.9 three point attempts per game. So he is being, he's still very, very selective and careful about which three pointers he takes. Um, but he's he's able to really manipulate and use the space teams give him to get to the spots on the floor he's comfortable with that elbow, that elbow, that that short corner baseline, um, that, that turnaround, that turnaround fadeaway that he has out of the low post. Um, he does all these things really, really well. This season, everything you got from Markel Fultz this season was a bonus. Let's just be perfectly real. Um, it was just good to see him back out on the floor. It was good to see him out there playing uh, and and doing those really positive things out there. Um, undoubtedly, that is what the Magic needed to see most from him. That was what the Magic needed to see uh, see from him uh, see from him a- a- at all, just to make sure that uh, that that they had something to work with heading into next season. Um, but there's still a lot of work to do, obviously. And then with all these young players, there's there's a ton of work to do. Um, you know, Foles has to has to show that he can do this over the course of an 82 game season. He has to show that he can ramp his minutes up. We assume that he will be the starting point guard next year. Um, so we do have to see if if those minutes can ramp up to a higher level. Um, and, and, and that he could keep this production up. It's never guaranteed that a small role player can ramp up, but we saw when he started that he played really, really well too, and and, and that that kind of energy carried over. Fultz is really sort of an avatar of this team. There, there's a lot of guys that are avatars of this team, but um, Fultz is really kind of an avatar of this team. He is all about his teammates. He he He's a pretty good player, but he's really, really selfless, um, and, and he wants to get after it. Um, so next this season, this offseason is a critical one for Markel Fultz. Um, for Markel Fultz, um, he's never had a fully healthy summer. You think about it. Um, you know, his rookie year, after his rookie year, he was injured most of his rookie year. He was dealing with thoracic outlet syndrome through the three years in Philadelphia. He comes to Orlando. Uh, he he you know is rehabbing. He plays that first season in 2020. That's cut short by uh, the bubble by uh, by the COVID break. Uh, so he has a short off season after 2020 he comes back in 2021. He looks fantastic through those first five or six games of the season. He tears his ACL. He's spending the next 14 months rehabbing. This is his first healthy summer of his career. And that's, that's a really promising thing. That's a really exciting thing because we know how hard Markel Fultz works. And now he gets to spend an entire off season focusing on his game and himself um, instead of trying to rehab and trying to get back onto the floor. Fultz obviously got a little taste of things, and, and we got a little taste of how good he can be, and, and that's really, really exciting, and there's a lot to be really, really excited about. But Fultz, we have to see what Fultz looks like full-time before we say, okay, this is our point guard of the future. And in that sense, we do have to start thinking about, okay, how do we put this roster together? And, and I think one of the main questions left to answer is, is Jalen Suggs and Marco Fultz a backcourt of the future? We're going to ponder that question a little bit coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word for our pals at Rock Auto. With all the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access access to rockauto.com at home in your pocket. The warehouse is literally right there. So, save time and money when using Rock Auto. This is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you can need, from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the ultimate question now for the Orlando Magic, and this is a question I've started to broach a little bit as I've started thinking about the offseason. I don't think it's necessarily the most pressing question for the Magic's offseason yet, um, but a question that we do have to start considering and thinking about, especially as we go through this upcoming season, is what is this roster going to look like when it's ready to compete? Who are the players that this rebuilding Magic team is actually building around, and how do we make sure that we emphasize their strengths and yes, cover up their weaknesses a little bit. That's what building a team is about. Figure out who you're trying to get the most out of. Um, you know, you look at the Rob Hennigan rebuild perhaps. Um, and I think there was, uh, I think that was one of the biggest disconnects of the Rob Hennigan rebuild is they just collected a bunch of talent and it wasn't clear who they were trying to build around. You know, the, the the famed pairing of Alfred Payton and Victor Oladipo, like we were at a stage with Victor Oladipo by the time the Magic uh, got uh, got Alfred Payton that we were like, okay, if Victor's the guy we're building around, how does this make him better? You know, we talked a lot about Nikola Vucevic in those days. It's like, okay, if Nikola Vucevic is a bad defender or is a mediocre defender, how do we cover that up? Um, you know, the Magic just couldn't pick a guy to build around and they ended up just kind of eating each other up and, and, and it was just not clear how all the pieces of the puzzle made sense. And we got to year three of that rebuild and we were like, well, what do we have? Like, is this team actually going to compete for anything? Um, are they taking those steps forward? Are they actually getting closer to the playoffs? And it wasn't clear that they were, to be perfectly honest. It was never clear that the Magic were, were taking those steps forward. It's better to start thinking about that question sooner than later. Um, and, and it's, you know, the Magic are certainly at a stage where they need top-end talent. They may not have that guy they're ready to say we're building around yet, but you hope by the end of this season we know who that player is, we know what this team is going to look like when they are ready to contend, when they are ready to play for the playoffs, and, and you hope that there are some signs of winning to give you that hint that, okay, we do have something here to work with. Let's let's start building on it. Um, again, that's why I think a lot of us say, you know, it's not a play-in tournament season, but we need to be at least in the conversation or we need to at least take, be taking steps closer to it so we understand, okay, this is what we need. This is the kind of player we need. This is the kind of player we're building around. Or if we don't have that player, we need to get that player and be willing to sacrifice some, some major young pieces to get that player and actually begin building a functioning roster. And that leads us back to this question. What is the Magic's backcourt of the future? Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs did not play very many minutes together. Jalen Suggs was dealing with the ankle issue. Um, throughout the last quarter of the season, he played a couple games at the end. Obviously, he had that that reoccurrence of the ankle injury and the and the and the and the issue that that required some surgery, um, the stress fracture. Um, there are, I think, real questions about. Okay, 
is Markel Fulton, Jalen Suggs, a viable backcourt? Um, both are elite drivers to the basket. We've established that in this show that both could get to the basket anytime they want. The way you deal, the way you promote and you support players, you could get to the basket whenever they want is you provide them shooting. And obviously the magic don't have a lot of shooting. The success of any strong backcourt pairing is reliant on one of them, at least being a good shooter, um, being an outside shooting threat. And again, it's not necessarily about uh, your actual ability to shoot from the outside. It's a threat of your ability to shoot from the outside. It's the threat of you making a three. Um, defenses respect the threat more than the percentages. That's why Terrence Ross still is a dangerous player, even though he was a, had a terrible shooting season for the Orlando Magic. It's to some extent why Chumo Kiki stole super valuable, even though he had a bad shooting year, because there's he's a threat as a shooter. I think defenses do respect him as a, as a shooter. Um, it's a reason why Jabari Smith is a big fan favorite to go number one. Um, the very least, he is a shooter. He's going to give these guys some space to attack the basket, and, and he's not so bad himself. The big question for the Orlando Magic is, can Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs play together? And of course, we just don't have the data to suggest that they that they can or cannot yet. They just did not play enough minutes together, and it's it's unclear how that would work. But theoretically, there are a lot of things that need to happen for it to work. Jalen Suggs needs to become a better shooter because Markel Fultz at this stage of his career is probably not going to suddenly develop into a knockdown three-point shooter. It's always going to be a struggle for him, and it's always going to be something that def- until he proves him otherwise, until he has a game where he hits four or five threes um, and scores 35 points and doing so and does that, you know, fairly, you know, maybe not four or five threes, but like two or three threes a game, does that fairly consistently, teams aren't going to respect his three-point shot. Jalen, that's going to put the onus on Jalen Suggs to become a, a much better three-point shooter and take his game to that next level. And, and obviously that's going to help Jalen a ton too. It's going to loosen up his drives and his ability to get to the basket as well, as well as that mid-range game that, that he is certainly capable of developing too. I'm not sure that Marco Fultz and Jalen Suggs are a backcourt of the future. And again, some of it is we still don't quite know what we have in Jalen Suggs and don't quite know whether Jalen Suggs is a long-term starter. I think he can be, um, but the Magic, like I said last week, are going to have to start making some decisions on guys. They are going to have to start saying, okay, this is the guy we're building around. This is the guy we want to promote. This is the guy that we're focused on growing. That stuff is important, and you can't ignore that part of the process. You can't ignore that part of understanding uh, how to build your team. You can't ignore that part of team building. Uh, But the Magic have to start thinking about these things. They, They can't wait on these things. They, have to, they don't have to answer these questions today. Um, they should see whether Marco Fultz and Jalen Suggs can play together. But they have to start thinking and, and, and understanding that these are the central questions. I don't think a lot of the Magic roster is set, to be perfectly honest. Um, outside of Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter, I don't think the Magic have core guys. And of course, I, I think that the Magic still need a top-end talent guy. They need a guy that that they, I still don't think they have their true guy that they're going to build around that they're going to they're going to play with. And obviously Tuesday night's draft lottery is going to go a long way to making a lot of these puzzle pieces make sense. Right now we have a bunch of puzzle pieces that look good, though we don't know what the picture on the box is yet. And that's really I think what this upcoming season is about. The 2023 season is going to be about figuring out what that picture on the box looks like, whether the Magic are able to kind of make those puzzle pieces fit together into a coherent picture. We are not making Picasso here. We want, you know, maybe, maybe we want some impressionist stuff, but we want to be able to clearly see what's on the box and tell you what, what that, what that looks like. Um, that's, that's really what the goal of the season is. And yeah, 
one of those big questions is going to be about that backcourt with Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs. It's not clear yet. And it's okay that it's not clear yet. We got I think we have another year to start figuring this stuff out. But we're going to need answers. And that's what 2023 is going to be about. And that's why it's a big year for both Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs. See if these two can mesh together. And if they can't, then we got to start making some choices and some decisions about actually building this roster up and making it fit um, the way the Magic want to play. And that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean trading one of them. That may mean one of them comes off the bench and that's their role on this team. But we'll see how it all plays out next year. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can find me on Twitter at, you can find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enable listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Don't forget, I'll be doing it at omagicdaily tomorrow at noon. Um, I am a little bit time crunched on that, so we'll go for about 45 minutes till about 12.45, 1 o'clock. Um, we'll start that up at noon. We'll do a quick mock draft. We'll talk a little bit about the NBA draft and what's coming up here uh, for the Orlando Magic in the next week. Um, so be sure to join that. I'm happy to answer all your Magic questions then or anytime on Twitter as well. But save, save for the Twitter spaces. That'll, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun with those. Um, uh, we'll, we'll have another episode of Locked on Magic tomorrow. We'll also talk a little bit about the NBA draft and the NBA draft combine uh, on that episode uh, tomorrow. Now that you're done listening to us, though, check out the Locked on NBA podcast from the first jump ball, the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked on experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Definitely check it out after last night's big NBA playoff games. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For the Magic, Magic, Locked on Magic, See you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.